From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. Tuesday, former President Trump was arraigned in New York City. He is facing multiple criminal charges related to a hush money payment made to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. The indictment is sealed, but sources tell ABC News that Trump is facing about two dozen felony counts. ABC's Derek Dennis is outside the courthouse with more. Here outside the criminal courts building in lower Manhattan, there are dueling protests going on here on one side of this park across the street from the courthouse pro-Trump supporters with banners saying make America great again. Older banners saying Trump 2020 clearly in support of the former president as he faces his arraignment this afternoon. On the other side of the park there are anti-Trump protesters uh, chanting lock him up amid the crush of reporters who are all around. Uh, hundreds of cameras set up uh, waiting for any detail on Trump's arraignment that is expected this afternoon. Derek Dennis, ABC News, Lower Manhattan. Former President Donald Trump has pleaded not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records, according to several news reports. News of the North will provide updates as the case progresses. The city manager's fiscal year 2024 budget proposes to reduce the operating mill levy to 9.08, which is the lowest since at least 1992. The total mill levy, including voter-approved debt, which will be a 10. 28 mills a decrease of 0.28 mills from last year. Since 1992, the total mill rate was lower only in 2007 at 10.17 mills. The proposed mill levy for this year still yields increased property tax revenue, resulting from a 13% increase to total borough-wide property valuation, which reflects Juno's exceptionally hot residential home sale market in recent years. High rates of inflation are driving up both the cost of municipal services and the revenues that fund those services. The manager's budget reflects this reality as it proposes to fund an inflationary-driven budget, receive more in property taxes, and reduce the rate of taxation. The budget reflects increased sales tax revenues and cruise ship passenger fees in anticipation of cruise tourism returning to record levels in the summer of 2023, with passenger counts estimated to surpass 1.6 million. These new revenues are necessary to fund inflationary cost growth in both the operating and capital budgets, as well as $2.3 million of additional CBJ funding for the Juno School District. There is a link to the proposed budget on our website, kinyradio.com. State Senator Jesse Keel came onto Action Line on Tuesday to discuss what's happening in the legislature. The first topic discussed was the BSA, or Base Student Allocation, which has been a hot topic this legislative session. As the House had the operating budget uh, on the House floor, getting ready to pass it over to us in the Senate, they put in uh, a backstop, a last-ditch backstop. <clears throat> and what they said was, in the event we don't get a BSA bill, right, an education funding bill that puts you know, an education boost in that's going to last. The backstop is $680 per student on that base student allocation for the next fiscal year. That is not what we're going after. That's not what we want. It is enough to stop the hemorrhaging, but not the bleeding. And if it's one time only, we'll be doing this again, just like this next year. Kiel also spoke on a bill that was proposed by Governor Mike Dunleavy. Last week on a bill the governor proposed that was more sort of the culture war issues. And Alaskans turned out in overwhelming numbers 
with a couple of fundamental messages, but the most important one to me was, this is not an issue that actually is affecting students and classrooms, and we need you to work on student learning and classroom issues. Um, and and it, was <laughs> it was actually surprising. Oftentimes, these contentious issues, you get a lot of folks on both sides. You certainly had people who were very passionate. But fundamentally, Alaska classrooms don't have a problem with pronouns or kids' names. They, they just don't. You can listen to the full program on our website, kinyradio.com. Coming up next on News of the North, Perseverance Theater talks about their program, Little Woman. The public comment period is now open for the Ward Lake Recreation Area Improvements Project in Ketchikan, and President Biden is heading overseas next week. Coming up next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Perseverance Theater joined Capital Chat to talk about their upcoming production of the show Little Women. Kara Hannon is the director for Little Women. She gives insight into the play. The book literally spans from these like these young children all the way to like they're getting married their own and so like I think that the play looks really specifically at the moment um, where all of the the little women are asked to like grow up and make that choice and the play ends before we see necessarily like what exactly choices how their choices end up and so it leaves us in the space of like wondering and dreaming which I think is really exciting. Rio Alberto, director of marketing and engagement, says everyone can find a character they relate to in the play. For folks that are familiar with the show, you know we know the beloved story of the March sisters growing up against the back drop of the Civil War, right? What this play does really fabulously is that it feels as though it translates that story in such a way that like audiences that are familiar with the novel would probably had a moment of like, oh, which one am I? Am I more of like a Joe or a Meg or anything? <laughs> and this allows that, this kind of opens that up to where it's like, regardless of whether or not you identify as a woman, you know, there's probably elements of each of these characters that you're like, oh, wait a second, how much of that lives within me as well too? Little Women takes place during the Civil War. Hannon explains how this play can be a moment to lead into discussion. The things that like the the March sisters are dealing with are things that we're dealing with today. We're talking about the division between folks on race. We're talking about how gender roles, <laughs> gender equity is something that we're still really working towards and how I think for me the big thing is that like gender roles and strict strict <laughs> ideas about gender are, are hold us all back as like humans and people. Um, and it's the same things they were asking then is what we're trying to ask ourselves now. Both Alberto and Hannon agree Perseverance Theater strives to be a safe place to explore these topics on the stage. You can go to ptalaska.org for tickets. Opening night is this Friday at 7.30 p.m. and it is filling fast. Beginning today, the public has 30 days to provide comments on the environmental assessment for the Ward Lake Recreation Area Improvements Project. That same comment period will end on May 5th of this year. The purpose of the project is to reduce deferred maintenance, make improvements achievable in the near future, and enhance the overall user experience in the recreation area. The EA will be available for review on the project webpage and public comments can be submitted online. A letter inviting tribes and corporations to consult was sent out in March. The planning effort encompasses the Ward Lake Recreation Area or include Ward Lake Day Use Area Parking Shelters, Roadside Picnic Sites, Grassy Point, uh, the Signal Creek Campground, the Last Chance Campground, the Trails Frog Pond, Ward Lake Nature, Ward Creek, Perseverance, Minerva Mountain, Connell Lake, and Salvage. Connell Lake, there's a small non-national forest parcel around the dam, 
Talbot Lake, the south portion that is National Forest System ownership, Perseverance Lake, and Frog Pond. After public input is received and considered and applied, a final EA will be made available along with a draft decision notice. The action will begin a 45-day opportunity to object for those who have previously commented on the project during the pre-scoping, scoping, or EA comment periods. A final decision and finding of no significant impact is expected in August of this year, and implementation could begin the same month. And President Biden is heading overseas next week to mark a historic agreement in Northern Ireland and celebrate his Irish history in Ireland. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers has details. President Biden will travel to Belfast, Northern Ireland next week to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Peace Agreement, which helped end decades of conflict and violence there. The president will then spend several days in Ireland, visiting County Louth, Dublin, and County Mayo, where the White House says he'll hold engagements focused on the close cooperation between the U.S. and Ireland on global challenges and the deep historic ties between the two countries and people. The president proudly talks about his Irish heritage, often sprinkles quotes from his favorite Irish poets into his speeches, and speaks fondly about his visit to Ireland in 2016. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.